0: FM 104 is switched on and I'm joined by Ryan O'Sullivan, who became the youngest Irish mountain climber to complete the Seven Summits Challenge. Hello. Hi
1: Louise, how are you?
0: I'm very good. Thank you so much for chatting to us. So the Seven Summits Challenge are the highest mountains on each of the seven traditional continents. What was the one that you did? Because I know there's a couple of different ones.
1: Yeah, so there's two lists that are kind of both accepted. One slightly more accepted than the other. So there's the Bass List and the Messner List. Um, and they only differ by the mountain that you climb in Australia. So one defines the continent of Australia just being the country, Australia uh, and New Zealand. Um, And you would climb Kosciuszko there as the highest mountain in the Bass list for the Seven Summits. Whereas in the Mesner list, then it's in Pahar New Guinea, there's Karten's Pyramid, which is slightly higher. Um, But there's been a lot of debate over the years as to whether you where you draw the line for (laughs) the continent of Australia a lot of people think that that's Southeast Asia so it's not accepted and it would have originated originally where Reinhold Messner thought that Kosciuszko was too easy so he wanted a harder mountain so he decided to include that in his list Uh, and it has kind of brought differences over the years between climbers but the list I did was the the bass list um, and it would be the one that would be I suppose, accepted by more mountaineers who complete the seven summits.
0: Now, you started this challenge at 16. It's taken you 11 years to do it. You started off with Kilimanjaro. How did you begin this? Like, why was that your starting point?
1: It was really kind of just random a chance. Um, I went to school in Mayena and Bundorn, And a man named Ian McKeever, who once held the world record for the fastest... Um, time to climb all of the seven summits came in and he was trying to get students from schools to go and climb Kilimanjaro uh, that summer and you know straight away um, everyone puts their hand up that they want to do it and then you know everyone starts to hear what's involved in it and numbers start to dwindle so eventually it was just me and a few of the friends from my village in Grange um, decided to do it we really just got lucky that he had come into our school to to ask and to see if students wanted to do it and you know mountain climbing at that time was not on my radar whatsoever so seemed like a great opportunity Uh, a little bit of I suppose trying to convince the parents that you want that I wanted to do this and yeah from there I suppose he had done the seven summits so I started to research it look into it and uh, yeah kind of just took off from there did Kilimanjaro and yeah went from there.
0: What was the parents' reaction when you told them I'm going off to climb Kilimanjaro?
1: (coughs) Kilimanjaro, it's actually, it's it's 11 years ago now. Um, They were more or less on board. (laughs) I think a lot of the kind of questions came in later after Kilimanjaro when I started to climb bigger and more dangerous mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, you know, there was a few of us going over and, you know, you had the sort of security with Ian bringing us there. And there's loads of group training climbs. So, you know, it was very much open, transparent and, you know, Kilimanjaro, while it is difficult compared to a lot of the other seven summits is relatively safe in comparison. So not too bad.
0: How did you plan for it?
1: We, so Ian had sort of a training schedule and like requirements. There was training weekends down in Wicklow, you know, where you had to, I think it was Camaderry Hill where you had to go up it eight times in a four hour window. It's you know, you needed to do, do that as a minimum um from a physical point of view. And yeah. I think it was Crowpatrick twice in four hours as well was another requirement and training day. And then we did a fundraising effort in Sligo to fund the trip and also raise money for Nutrest Hospice. Um so that covered the finance side of it. And yeah, then in July twenty twenty one we headed off.
0: So then you came back from Kilimanjaro and decided, right, I'm going to do the other six how did you then up the training or how did it change for you at that point
1: it was really before I left for Kilimanjaro that mm. I had quietly kind of decided because I was researching it myself and um, I remember I was climbing on Kilimanjaro one of the days and I was trekking beside Ian and you know I was grilling him on it <laughs> and I was able to tell him you know all the mountains' heights. How to get there what i needed to do and i remember him turning to me and goes wow you really have researched this and yeah so i had kind of had it in the back of my mind and then i remember standing on top of kilimanjaro and thinking to myself yeah yeah this is this is what i'm gonna do and after that it was it was a few years before i could go off and do anything else because i was 16 and um, like as well as the trips being physically demanding there is the need to be able to fund these expeditions so yeah. obviously as a teenager you know, going to do is leave insert uh, mountain climbing wasn't really at the top of my list so there was four years before I was able to go off to Elbers, and then since then it's been sort of a climb and adapt because I've been doing mountains and I've learned that you know say running and cycling really does it it's good to have cardio base there but you kind of need to be getting into the hills and replicating what you're going to do on these climbs so yeah it's basically just been a bit of everything. Um, I've done marathon swims, ultra cycles, marathons, everything that is endurance related to sort of keep me tipping along between expeditions. So yeah, a bit of everything.
0: And then something that comes into it as well when you're doing mountains of this height is the altitude. How do you prepare for that?
1: The th- like when I- Kilimanjaro is quite high, right? It's not technical, it's quite high. So we went up that and like there was more or less no problems for me at 16 and um, and then when I went to Aconcagua again that's the highest mountain outside of the Himalayas in Argentina it was the third one that I did and it's nearly 7,000 meters just below 7,000 meters and again I had no no problems at all like the altitude while you feel it and it slows you down like I wasn't getting sick there was no issues so from that point of view I never really had any problems with it and before I went away for all the peaks other than Everest I never really did any specifics for the altitude side of it. When I went to Everest then, on the other hand, because of how high it is mm-hmm. and how long you're there, I actually slept in a simulated altitude tent for two months before leaving. So I was able to rent that equipment from um, Peak out in Long Mile Road and had that wrapped around the bed for two months Um to the d- despair of my housemates who had to listen to that machine <laughs> pumping the oxygen in and out of the tent all night for two months but um, yeah just because it was another level on Everest that's that's what I decided to do just to make sure I wasn't taking any risks when I went over there and I had to go up to nearly 8,900 metres
0: Yeah what was Everest like? Because we hear a lot of stories about it
1: Yeah it's it's really unlike all of the other peaks because there's Like it's it's just you have all the trekkers coming into base camp. It's it's actually really busy in base camp while you're there, um. But like nothing can really prepare you for just how big
0: Mm. the
1: mountain is, um. And I I trekked in from up the Kumbu Valley for two weeks, which is just absolutely beautiful. You know, like besides climbing the mountain itself, that trek is is beautiful. The when you get onto the mountain, then it's it can be quite scary, um there's an awful lot of avalanches going into like around base camp that kind of caught me off guard i thought it you know base camp is a relatively safe place but you know all night you're hearing just boom 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 as like avalanches are coming down all around you off the mountains um but then again like the higher i got up the mountain the stronger i actually felt um And I remember I was on summit day and I was climbing up to the south summit from the balcony. So that's about 8,500 meters up to 8,700 meters. And I was climbing through the dark through the night. So it was completely dark. Couldn't see anything. And the sun just started to come up and I took a look around and you're above everything. And there's these massive mountains and it was a beautiful pink sunrise. And I just thought to myself like, where, where am I? (laughs) This is absolutely gorgeous. Um. So that actually would take your breath away. Some of the views that you got on Everest—they're
0: the um, images that are going to stick with you forever.
1: Oh yeah, I like I had to actually stop and just think to myself, like, where am I? What am mm-hmm. I? What am I doing here? And um, but yeah, yeah, that those memories will never leave you.
0: Then you finished off in Vincent Massive in Antarctica a week and a half ago.
1: Yeah, Monday last week.
0: How was yeah. that? So, how uh, how was it to hit the final summit?
1: Massive relief. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a relief that everything, like it's been 11 years, just constantly on your mind, constantly having to plan the next trip, you know, constantly staying in shape, training, making sure you're getting everything done that you need. And, you know, there there is, this, as much as there is like absolute euphoria when you're on the top uh, of any of them, really, but... The fact that this was the last one, um, it was just another level. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a a tear in my eye, mm-hmm. um, but it's just amazing. Antarctica itself is just a, it's like being on another planet. Um, it was really cold. It was consistently colder than probably any of the other mountains, but it's it's a shorter enough expedition, base camp to base camp. We were about a week on the mountain, so, you know, a few days in you know the forecast was looking good I knew before I left physically it wasn't going to be harder than any of the two two or three mountains I'd done previously so you know I felt quite confident I kind of felt it was in the bag and I was just trying to enjoy it I was like I'm mm-hmm. never going to be back here
0: mm-hmm. and it's I was hard le- to
1: know if I'll ever be back on a on a high altitude peak again mm-hmm. um or in the future it's hard to know what, what I'll do but um yeah I was just trying to take it all in so getting to the top I was just absolutely delighted.
0: I was looking at your video that you put up and it's just so white, like it's beautiful to look at.
1: Yeah, you're, there's one bit of it where you go from camp one to camp two, so low camp to high camp. And you go up these fixed lines, so it's like a 45 degree slope, so you're on fixed lines. And you can turn around and you just look out and you've got the Antarctic Plateau, which is just solid ice, really flat all the way to the South Pole, which is about 1,100 kilometers away. And it's just so untouched like the terrain is completely unblemished um and it's just nice to see somewhere like that you know everywhere you feel like humans have gone and you know had some sort of impact but it seems like over there it's just pristine and to be fair all the people who run the logistics out of a union glacier where you kind of stage your expedition from do a very good job of making sure that we don't have that much of an impact over there um, and when you're looking out at that you're just glad that you know people do put in the effort to make sure that it stays pristine because it's just absolutely beautiful
0: Absolutely it would be a shame if it got destroyed What has been your favourite part of the whole experience?
1: Um, I couple, I suppose between a couple of things one of them is probably the amount of people that you meet like you meet yeah. some amazing people with a lot of characters um, uh, but at the same time like this is kind of how I travel. Like most of my traveling has been done through mountains and kind of go to places that I probably wouldn't have gone to otherwise, you know, like Denali in Alaska and Vincent in Antarctica, Nepal. Like, I don't know if I would have gone there otherwise. Um, so like when you're going to these new places and you're meeting all these new people, it actually is incredible. Like when you hear all the stories, some people have about their lives and stuff like that. Um, that being said, at the same time, though, it can be you come home and you don't really have anyone to share the experience yeah. with. You kind of all go your own way. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes back to where they live all around the world and it's hard to keep in touch. So you kind of do come back without being able to sort of reminisce with anyone on like your experiences. And um, it's not like going on a holiday with your friends where you can come back and be like, oh, do you remember that time yeah. when such and such happened? Yeah. And um, yeah. But yeah, definitely just the people and seeing all these places that you wouldn't go to would be the top one for me.
0: Any tips for anyone who's thinking of doing it themselves?
1: Yeah, i just say, like, don't jump into the deep end. I think um, there's a lot of things that go around now, like documentaries and all these shows on climbing big mountains, and they make it look like, you know, you can just go up some of these mountains, you know, tomorrow you do training for a couple of months and pop up, and it's probably the wrong message to be putting out there i'd say just start slow like try a trek and peak like kilimanjaro and work your way up and um, the good thing about the seven summits is and it, it's happens obviously accidentally but the peaks are kind of a natural progression into the next peak if you do it a certain way and um, so you can really progress naturally from peak to peak and um, without having to do an awful lot of other peaks uh, to train for it obviously like I went off to the Alps and Morocco and places like this to get extra training um but there is a natural progression there so I would just say start with a trekking peak that has a high altitude in it like Kilimanjaro or even trek to base camp um and then it's really just about getting into the hills in Ireland and or wherever you're from to to just replicate what you're going to do there and try to become as strong as you can
0: yeah Well, congratulations. Well done on completing the Seven Summits Challenge. Ryan O'Sullivan, thanks so much for chatting to us. Thanks,
1: Louise.